Salt popcorn, oil popcorn, butter popcorn, burnt popcorn, 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 salt popcorn. Now we're watching a film. We're cracking jokes like some off-brand MST3K. Now we're drinking our drinks. It's bringing us closer, not really because of COVID. We have problems recording. Technology giveth, technology taketh away. How long's this episode? All we've ever needed is a Welcome, one and all, to Nightcaps at the Theater. My name is Matt. How is it the end of summer, and we're still in March, Cabrera? And uh, where we do I normally explain what's happening? Um, and you guys probably get the drill. We're over a hundred episodes in. Thank you for being a loyal listener. You know who you are, uh, Mark and uh, Greg, maybe. And uh, I, I guess this is a special shout out segment. If you if you can. Bring up one line that's happened on a previous episode. We'll give you a shout out in an episode. That's how desperate it's become. But um, yeah, we're going to watch a movie. We're going to talk about it. And I'm joined by uh, two people at my virtual table. Yeah, I'm a resident chicken witch, Jonathan Kwiatkowski. And uh, I'm your special guest star, uh, Matthew Perry of the uh, Perry Awards. Uh, thank, thank you for having me here. Perfect. Mark, you are back. I mean, Matthew Perry, you're back. I'm back. (laughs) A dinosaur story. Where'd your career go, Matthew Perry? (laughs) Oh, you know, it all started to fall apart once I did uh, uh, 17 again, I I suppose. I thought you were going to say 17 pounds of cocaine. (laughs) Oh, you know, yeah, like uh, Moss or Manos, I suppose. (laughs) Uh, Well, I think I left you guys off with a, a hint last time. And what a hint it was, as usual. You really knock them out of the park, don't you, Matt? Listen, every day has been exactly the same. We're stuck in a Nine Inch Nails song. Uh, that's just life in 2020. So every hint has been pretty much exactly the same. Mm. Um, I, I left you off last time with isolation. <laughs> any any guesses so far? <sighs> um, 
I don't know. <laughs> as exciting as it sounds. Yep, fair, fair enough. Um, I, did... I mean, these, these are all original hints, I suppose. <laughs> I did. You totally right. haven't reused this one three times in the last summer. That's right. We're watching Wally again, baby. Oh, again. Thank I, God. I could watch Wally again. <laughs> no, no. I, I did kind of touch on it last time as well. This is a little more of a summer adventure. I wanted to to say goodbye to summer with a bang oh i think I have i've got idea. i have an idea too and i think me and mark are thinking the same thing i but... think so too yeah okay well Would you I, disappoint us <laughs> well, our, i was gonna let you guys guess but i'm too excited so we, it's true we are in fact watching before midnight the, the third film in the Before trilogy. Oh, okay, I'm, I'm fucking with you. Oh, I, 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 I was. I was thinking that. I wasn't. I wasn't. When he said oh. summer adventure, this is not a summer. And isn't that set in winter or something? It's something weird. Uh, I think it's summer, but it, it's oh, a it great summer. It's weird. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I was thinking of springing it on you guys because uh, I, we're omitting it this year because uh, Mark was on sabbatical and I need to torment him by putting him through it. <laughs> But he needs it. to finish the trilogy. Uh, yep. <laughs> I do. I, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna finish it before. Uh, uh, but uh, you have to like make it an obvious hint beforehand, so I can watch the the, the first one or the yeah. second one. Perfect. Sounds <laughs> yeah. good. Yeah. You don't have time. I think it'll be for a summer love in 2021. <laughs> Once Lovin' is back again, okay. Lovin' was not available. It was not an option in 2020. Mm-hmm. Love will tear us apart. <laughs> Indeed. Um. John, I believe you had a hint or a guess. <laughs> well, I have a guess, but I want to hear more hints first so I don't sound like a complete idiot or guess the, right the first time. All right, all right. I would say, well, I'll I'll say, is this an 80s movie? No, it is not. All right, well, there goes one of my things, so I, I'll need a little bit more. Were you guessing Goonies? I was guessing Goonies. I, I, I thought about it. I considered it, but <laughs> I don't think that really fits in with the... Uh, the isolation theme. Yeah, unless so you my, count one eye Willie as an isolated character. Perhaps. But uh, my next hint, Tom Hanks. Oh, boy. I know what it is. <laughs> All right, what is it? Wait, wait, is wait. It? No, I got one more hint, actually. Okay. okay. Island. Hmm, what could it be? Is there a certain <laughs> volleyball involved? Hmm. <laughs> What are you thinking? <laughs> I'm thinking it's the Tom Hanks classic, The Terminal. Just kidding. Not, <laughs> Damn not it, I actually <laughs> have a joke about The Terminal coming <laughs> on the podcast. I'm so, glad, I'm so glad out of all the Tom Hanks filmography, <laughs> it's just such an easy target. What is that accent? Anyway. Uh, it's Moldovan. <laughs> um, it's obviously Castaway. <laughs> you would be incorrect. Oh. Who got oh. him? Oh. My next hint is um turned out for <clears throat> oh, <laughs> Did you say turned out for what? I'm sorry. What I meant was turned out for what? <laughs> oh someone's someone's busting through my ceiling right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's little John. <laughs> uh. Uh, any guesses up to this point? Oh, God. <laughs> Saving Mr. Banks. <laughs> I, I, hey, I, I, I have I one in mind. With you guys. I love fucking with you guys with these hints. All right. <laughs> what are you thinking, Mark? 
Uh, well, it, it brushed past me yesterday on Netflix, and um, uh, it, you know, I, I, it could be what I'm thinking of because of maybe some circ- cer- certain circumstances. Hmm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you're on the right track. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just throw it out there. I'm gonna say sleep, sleepless in Seattle. No, no. I'm oh, sorry. is he in sleepless in Seattle? Yeah, he, yeah. Him and oh, Meg Ryan. Meg Ryan. Why did I always think that was Billy Crystal? You're thinking uh, of uh, when Harry met Sally. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah another, I always mix them up. Another Meg Ryan uh, gander. <laughs> that time they're in New York. <laughs> but um, no, it is not that. I, I one hint in particular. I'm certain fucked you guys up. Uh, um, I got one last hint. All right. It's still kind of vague, but well, this movie is me breaking my own rule. Oh, breaking your own rule. Hmm. I was gonna say like catch me if you can. No. No. What could it be? He's in so many things. Is it in is it a beautiful day in the neighborhood? <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna help you out a bit. My Tom Hanks hint was not meant to indicate that he is in the movie. Uh, well, that just opens the door for more confusion. Yeah. <laughs> so we even had less of a hint than normal. Uh, I could make this so easy on you guys, but I don't know why I choose to be so fucking difficult. <laughs> Haven't we suffered enough? <laughs> All right. Should, should I tell you guys what it is? I don't have any more hints prepared, but I could probably come up with an well, obvious one. You, not, not, I, you're saying that Tom Hanks isn't in the isn't movie. Isn't in this movie. Correct. <laughs> but there may, be, uh, there may be an homage to him of sorts. Huh. End is of his son in it? Hold on. Let's, let's, reach, let's retrace our steps. So <laughs> oh, the, the hints were isolation. Yep. Yes. At, uh, ending of summer. Am I right? Uh, summer adventure. Summer adventure. adventure and turned down for what? <laughs> yep. Was that was that a literal like a quote <laughs> or a literal, that, literal literal hint or are we just that, goofing? That hint is actually if you were a if you're aware of what that hint means, it would give the the movie away like completely. Uh, it's very right. relevant, surprisingly so. Oh my god! I don't know. All right. <laughs> yeah, it's I, not eighties. I don't know. You got you 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 got me. It's been too long. I'm going to reveal it. We are watching 2016's Swiss Army Man. Oh. oh. I've never seen this, so. Oh, boy. I I, 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 I love this movie. I, I love it as well, quite honestly. Um, so, I, oh, I, I thought both of you guys had seen this already. I'm very excited for you, John. Yes. Um, I do get the Castaway reference now, though. Yes, and it's not only that. Um, I well, I'm going to get into it in my notes. My notes will reveal everything. So, released in 2016, this movie, Swiss Army Man, was written and directed by Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinart, literally known together as Daniels, and <laughs> starring Daniel Radcliffe and Paul Dano. So. <laughs> You can say that this movie stands dance. It's a crash landing, grandstanding, land stranding, panned upon, misunderstanding, gland advancing, contrabland, Dan Stan. Oh. Along with Mary Elizabeth Winstead. 
Is that Lin-Manuel Miranda? <laughs> no, it was more of an Eminem if I was just angry about it. Glancing, glancing. <laughs> um, all right, so Paul Dano stars in this movie as Hank Thompson, a reference to Tom Hanks. Oh, wow. Pre- presumably for his role in Castaway, but who knows? Maybe the Dans are just big fans of the Terminal. And, uh, of course... This was distributed by A24. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, I shouldn't even have to mention that. Nobody else would make this fucking movie. (laughs) This was, uh, it was shot in California, basically, obviously. Um, And apparently one of the composers, Robert McDowell, uh, composed music before the shoot even started, which apparently never even happens or never ever happens in film. Uh, This way the actors could hear the music on set for certain scenes as they were acting it out. And uh, the songs, by the way, are all a cappella, which may kind of make you cringe, but believe me, it, it works pretty well. I've seen enough Zoe Deschanel. I've I've been through cringe a cappella before. I've I've listened to most of the soundtrack by itself, and yeah, it, it, it like it's yeah, it's basically just like pentatonics, basically. Yeah. And uh, they they actually do use um uh, Paul Dano and J- Daniel Radcliffe on the soundtrack as well. Yeah, Daniel Radcliffe, um, once they saw that he could sing in um, uh, some Broadway show, I forgot what he was uh, in. How to Succeed in Business, business Without yes. Really Trying. Yes, exactly. Not Equius, but maybe Equius. <laughs> um, let's see, the directors, uh, the Daniels, they... Oh, no, sorry, one more note before that. During the film's initial screening at Sundance in January 2016, some audience members walked out alienated by the film's bizarre premise <laughs> um but you know despite that the directors did actually end up winning the best director award in the u.s dramatic category at that festival which is mm. you know, somewhat prestigious um i don't have too much to get into before the film begins i want to leave as much open to the imagination as possible mm-hmm. um, i will say this movie has one of the best cold opens i've seen in quite a while yeah so um yeah, what are your what are your thoughts going into this? Um, I haven't seen this before. I know the basic premise, and I know there's a lot of fart sound effects in this movie. Mm-hmm. A lot of farting. That, that's why I um, mentioned breaking my own rule. Which normally, oh, is that a rule? Do we not allow that? Well, I don't allow that typically. You, you know me with fart. I mean, we watched Female Trouble and stuff before, so I didn't think that was a problem anymore. Uh. Um, but I'm excited. I've heard great things about this movie. Um, I know that Daniel Radcliffe isn't really acting. I mean, he's acting, but he's not vocal in his role in this movie. And I have to say that I usually, I like him a little bit more when he puts on the, the fake American accent. Yeah, um, fair enough. It actually took um, April, when we watched this earlier, it took her a little while to recognize him. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I mean, there's films like Horns that he's in that I really love him in. And, uh, Two I Guns Akimbo. Yeah. <laughs> with the slippers on yeah, yeah. <laughs> um i can't say i really know paul dano from things do i hey, he was in a there will be blood oh okay little miss sunshine okay um the batman so- soon to be released um, yeah, he's gonna he's be the riddler a oh, riddler Ooh. yeah oh colin farrell is penguin who's who's penguin somebody I, I, yeah i think colin okay. farrell is. yeah yeah my dan talked about this on my podcast the other day <laughs> Uh, well, what about you, Mark? I know you've seen the movie. You say you loved it. I I loved it from the the first release of the trailer. 
um, it, like some something was so like captivating by it. I think like literally the, the opening of the trailer is the opening of the movie, and so if that doesn't grab you, I don't know what will. Yeah. But, uh, the 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 whole film itself is just like a fun ride, you know, and just seeing these two uh, characters interact with each other, and and it's a little ambiguous, you know, to say the least. Maybe maybe even up, up until like the the end of the movie, not not to spoil things really. Mm-hmm. But um, it's a uh, it's a good time. I love the music. It's a uh, it's it's surprisingly like witty, too, yeah. and it's and, and kind of delves into maybe a, a, a obscurity, too. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited to to watch it again, especially with people. Awesome. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, I this has been on my radar for a while, pretty much since it dropped, but I I just never got around to it until. I thought it would be the uh, the perfect way to cap off my choices for the summer, at least. This isolation-filled summer. And, uh, well, we'll just, I guess we'll see what happens. We're going to jump right in, ladies and gentlemen. Fart your engines. Three, <laughs> two, one. That was supposed to be a fart. I don't know what that was. <laughs> what the fuck was that? <laughs> that came from was my that a body. Kazoo? <laughs> I was all all organic, as we say. <laughs> uh, let, me, let me let me see. Let me. <clears throat> all right, what a ride that was. <laughs> so um, we just watched Swiss Army Man, uh, <laughs> aka multi-purpose tool guy. It should have been the title. Should have been the title. Rejected title. Working working title. That's going to be like the knockoff sci-fi movie name. Yeah, maybe they didn't want to pay Swiss Army. Is that a brand? Swiss Army Knife brand? Yes. Yes. For for being in the movie. I got one right here. It's for my toenails. Oh, Oh, God. I don't know if that's what they're used for. (laughs) You probably need a Daniel Radcliffe instead. (laughs) Just chomping on them. Well, he oh, could do yeah. anything, literally. Okay, we he, should be buying them off the shelves. He could shave my beard. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I got some post-watch notes. Uh, let me dive in here real quick. Oh, this this is a fun one. So Paul Dano, um, pretty much our main, our protagonist, um, our, our more vocal of the two leads. He, uh, he wanted to join the movie after hearing just a one-sentence synopsis from the director's. They told him they wanted to make a movie where, quote, the first fart makes you laugh and the last fart makes you cry. <laughs> you guys, uh, you guys feel that way a little bit? Yeah. 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 So I think they succeeded. We'll, we'll definitely get into it as we go over the plot. Um, Peter DeBruge, a critic with Variety, gave the film a positive review, writing that, on the one hand, the most singularly unique competition title to debut at Sundance in ages, while on the other, a project still in drastic need of development. Despite a tour through five different Sundance Institute labs, including one for mixing all those fart effects in Dolby Atmos. <laughs> uh, this movie wears its weirdness as a badge of honor, as well it should. 
So I pretty I just included that for the uh, the revelation, the bombshell that the fart effects were rendered in Dolby Atmos. <laughs> That's why you picked this movie. I know you. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, so I can't wait till um, hopefully this gets a Dolby Cinema re-release. <laughs> or, you know, I'll get my hands on the 4K Blu-ray and hopefully... Can I get some 40 rumble in the chairs? Oh, yeah. <laughs> With each fart. Imagine. Oh, that's perfect. It's like the, it's like the farts coming out my own ass. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So, so this film, it was originally, believe it or not, pitched as a joke. <laughs> really? You don't say? <laughs> um, so what that means is that the, the directors, they say, most of our feature film ideas were so we could pitch crazy things when we go to studios. We did it so we could hang out with producers who would go, what do you think about the next G.I. Joe or something? And we would go, what do you think about this movie? Deep down, they really wanted to make Swiss Army Man. Uh, and so eventually one producer said, why don't you just make it? He said, that sounds great. You should write it. Then we, were, then they were like, "Oh no! Now we have to write it." Well, no, this sounds like a dream come true. Like <laughs> this is the movie to write. Like, come on. Yeah, it's true, and I'm I'm glad A twenty four was on board because I imagine they didn't really, you know, alter the director's vision. I think it was mostly untainted. Uh, so props to them for that. <laughs> um, the this film by the way, is the only one in history to feature a credit for a fartist. And, uh, and, and Brent Kaiser, the fartist in question, could not be prouder. Oh, oh I didn't need that information in my life, but yay. <laughs> uh, so there's something I could aspire to be in like my Captain O'Captain model. <laughs> <laughs> I could be a fartist? <laughs> all, That's true. All these students just start farting. Oh God! Thank you, boys. <laughs> You're going somewhere, kid. Oh. Uh, so uh, uh, there was a fake version of Manny, by the way, um, made to be mm. used in most of the film. But Daniel Radcliffe actually insisted on being used in every shot, wow. even if even if it meant him doing his own stunts. Uh, so the dummy was only used in a few shots where the stunts were too dangerous. But Radcliffe mm. would still be involved by throwing or launching the dummy as needed. Huh, that's cool. Yeah, and uh, additionally, Daniel. Him. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I have like a whole note about this. Uh, I'm going to get to it very soon. But he just seemed like like a dream in general. Oh, he seems like a great person. He does movies that are so out of the box for him because oh, yeah. you know we typecast him as Harry Potter, and he'll always be Harry Potter on eyes. But I mean, he's mm-hmm. he's a much better actor than. I think the world gives him credit for. Oh yeah, for oh, yeah. sure. Yeah. Um. So yeah, just he was naked on that horse on Broadway. Like, <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> come on, we gotta bring that up. <laughs> uh, what was so that, what was that movie? Mo- oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I'm <laughs> no, not curious say, to see that, where this goes. There, there was there was like just like one shot of him in a movie where he's just walk, uh, walking a bunch of dogs. Like, oh, I, I, I know, I know what you're talking about, but I don't think I've ever seen it. Is that that might be the same movie where he's holding the the two guns? I, I think, I think, no, yeah. I think it's a different movie because I I think Akim because I'm about to watch it and from the trailer it looks like he just wakes up like that. Yeah, you know, I know it's not movie. horns. He doesn't do that. In no. Horns. I think it's like an Amy Schumer movie. It's just like a cameo or something like that. Maybe hmm. uh, Lady in Black. I think he was in that. No, that's a that's a period <laughs> <Yeah>. piece. <laughs> they had dogs back in the day. Dogs he's got, he's got a 
he he tries to shoot the 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 lady in black. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we are the ladies in black. Wow, <laughs> deep cut. <laughs> uh, we'll find out what that movie is eventually. Yeah, I'm gonna Google. Uh, <laughs> so Daniel Radcliffe, he uh, he actually promoted the movie by touring with his Manny doll. Uh, he, oh, he, wow. took, he took him along on interviews. Went to oh, fan conventions with him, <laughs> and, uh, and they even rode on roller coasters together. Oh, this is like a boy Brahm situation. <laughs> it's very oh, yeah. like Daniel Radcliffe and the real Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about having a life size doll of me that I carry around. <laughs> That's dead. Oh. Dead, you old Radcliffe. Hey. Uh, so Rad, just I'm gonna. I have a whole Radcliffe section. Ooh. Um emphasis on the rad so he stated that this is actually his favorite film of his or supposedly mm. I, I read that somewhere probably fucking imdb i couldn't find a source for this claim but uh, i do want to believe that it's true however uh some members of the cast and crew contributed manny's farts including paul dano yet daniel radcliffe himself claims to not have contributed a fart Oh, that makes so, me so much more glad to be Radcliffe. <laughs> I, I don't know. That seems a little suspect. If this is his favorite film after all, I think he would have at least, you know, given him a fart. Mm. I don't we'll 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 see. We'll get the real story someday. I'm sorry, I don't do my own farts. <laughs> give us a fart. Please my, give us a fart. Just one. My stunt uh, my stunt farter over here will uh, accompany you. <laughs> my stunt fartist. My stunt fartist. <laughs> It's like artist, but with fart. Oh. Fart is dead. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, um, despite that little hiccup with his uh, fart contributions, he was reportedly really pleasant to work with. Um, the One of the directors, one of the Dan's, said, We didn't know the guy. He obviously had every right to not want to lie in the cold dirt for most of the day, but at the end, he wanted to. He went, if Paul's going to be in the scene, I want to be in the scene. Wow. Yeah, it's very respectable. I I like that that a lot. (laughs) Um, A lot of this movie was actually improvised. And um, Daniel Radcliffe has said that his favorite line in the film was uh, ad-libbed by Paul Dano. It's towards the beginning of the movie where he's being carried around and uh, imagining his journey home. And, or Dano's imagining his journey. And he says... I'm going to be all buff from carrying you around. <laughs> Funny line. And then uh, Dan, and that you know, for an ad lib, that's pretty solid. And mm-hmm. uh, Radcliffe says that those moments were hard because when Paul would make me laugh, and uh, my only responsibility was to lie completely still in a scene and do fucking nothing, it was tough. <laughs> it it's hard to imagine this movie like like how you describe it. It's like it's almost ad-libbed or uh, improvised because uh, all, every, almost every line of dialogue is pretty unique and important yeah. to the overall plot of the film. Yeah, I, I felt that too. Yeah, I, I agree with that. It's kind of like a very uh, consistently offbeat tone. Mm-hmm. It seems hard to improvise. But at the same time, it doesn't feel scripted at all. Like, in that same way, I could see how it is improvised as well. True. Yeah, it feels very natural. Yeah, yeah I, I love the dialogue in this. It's natural, but uncanny so it, it really keeps you interested um yeah that's about it i got some more notes but um i'll you know 
pop up with them like a, like a VH1 pop up card whenever we get to the uh, appropriate section. Mm. <laughs> so I guess with that, we'll delve into the plot. Okay. Um, I have it written down right here. So we have Hank Thompson, who is our main character. It opens just solidly on ocean in a very castaway sort of moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're seeing the discarded um, trash and receptacles that he's been using. Apparently, we don't know how he has gotten to this castaway situation. Yeah, I think uh, he said he was on a boat that crashed. Okay, so we can only assume. I really love this form of exposition. Like, you know, it really doesn't interrupt the flow of the film at all. If anything, it is like a really good backdrop to getting you into the tone and the mood of the film. Because the cards themselves are a little funny, too. They're definitely a little offbeat. Um, Yeah, I just, I I love this idea. Yeah, I do as well. Um, So while this is going on, I I loved it that they have all these details of... uh, um, these different plastic pieces floating by in the wind and on the sea, but it it makes me feel like I I was questioning where this movie was going from the very beginning of it, because we open it in media res. If you get my drift, like it's hard to explain, Mm -hmm. but that's how I was feeling. I was very intrigued. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Cause there's a lot going on like in the first few moments of the film, but yeah, I think it gives you enough to go off of to piece together. Like you, are able to uh, resonate and relate to these characters immediately. Yeah, you're well, more. In- oh, I was gonna. I said to these characters, but I guess it's really just Paul Dano. <laughs> you're more inclined to music, both of you. Uh, is this a real song that Hank is singing? I don't uh, the, think so. Like, okay. I I wouldn't know. Yeah, I don't think it is. No, I think right, I think it. I, mo- most of everything that's like here on the soundtrack is just you know created mm. a- aside from like. <laughs> what we're about to hear uh, soon are our, our classic uh, Jurassic Park theme. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but Hank Thompson is trying to hang himself, and he's in the middle of doing the task when he sees a dead body on said shore and rushes over to it and is like, I pray that you aren't dead. Please be alive. As he rushes over, he steps off. I think he's on a cooler yeah. and he accidentally almost kills himself. Yeah. I, I, I like, <laughs> well, like That's like the opening shot of the trailer and that's what kind of grabbed me. And uh, just like he just goes, hey! And then he just <laughs> proceeds to start strangling. That's <laughs> oh, hey, a good gag. Dead corpse. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he wanders to the body and he hears the body is a gurgling, making some sounds. And uh, the body expels wind, shall we say. <laughs> Indeed. It breaks wind. Yeah. Farts very loud. Plenty of farts in this movie. If you like farts, this is the movie for you. <laughs> I think it's right. the only... Oh, sorry. I, I, I don't even like farts all that much. But this movie utilizes them so well, I, I just can't help but love it. I know it's the only—I would say it's the only time where uh, a fart joke is used appropriately throughout the course of the movie. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, it does get emotional. How he's like, um, um, Hank is delivering his whole life story to this corpse, and then it's cut off by a fart. Almost like that oh. is the joke of it all. It's very yeah. <laughs> dark humor. He's like talking uh, about yeah everything like. You know, I thought I would see my life flashing before my eyes and it would all lead up to. <laughs> <laughs> well, better just start again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. And he goes for suicide attempt number two. Oh yeah, he actually says, um, and then I saw you there, and I, you know, I thought maybe there was a reason you're here. And then he farts, <laughs> and then he he takes it upon himself. He's like, okay, I guess the reason is, well, you have a belt, and I need some stronger rope. <laughs> so I think that's a good gag. Uh, and then as he's doing it, it's almost as if the farts are pleading for him to stop his second attempt. <laughs> oh yeah, it, don't do it. <laughs> It's very quirky. Um, I forget. He doesn't do it again, right? He wanders over back to the body once more, correct? Well, because he sees the uh, farts are now propelling him. Oh, yeah. Deeper into the ocean a little bit. Into the sea. Like, you left your engine running. <laughs> uh, I, I just love Paul Dano's expressions here because every time he comes to the realization that there's like a really gross task he has to do he i he just uh conveys it so well mm-hmm. like kind of he's muted he's a little bit downtrodden but he's also resolute in uh <laughs> what he has to get done yeah and he's also very humanistic at first when he's like i i don't know why this is happening <laughs> what is going on this, this is a crafty guy paul dano as we like we come to see because he utilizes it so quick and it's like oh i, yeah. I know exactly what i need to do here um so he does what any of us would do in this situation straps his belts around daniel radcliffe's character and rides him into the wild blue yonder i just i love the shot of him pulling down his pants yes more propelled he's like Uh, faster and then we get a we get a late title card here which i really like it's it's one of my favorite i like i mentioned it before um just a little while ago this is one of my favorite cold opens of all time mm-hmm. it's so it, it's funny it's uh it's emotional and it just feels like it's leading to an adventure <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you think it's like the hobbit and then this <laughs> do you think this beats up most cold op- cold opens on uh brooklyn 99 Ooh, that's a high bar to clear. But yeah, I I would take this cold open on every episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine if I could. Just the same thing. No variation every week. I mean, I would never. I'm a better moviegoer, but I could see why people would leave at this point. Uh, They they missed out on so much. This is just the beginning. This is also like kind of the earliest part where we, we start to hear some of the music uh, start being played because right before he starts uh, writing uh, Dana Radcliffe into the abyss, uh, we uh, uh, he starts like kind of like humming to himself because that's when the music starts like like rising and mm-hmm. he's, he's just going like ba 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 you know like because so it's like you're not entirely sure if like this is supposed to be in his head or or an episode of Glee or, yeah an episode of Glee like. <laughs> You know, and I, I could make a joke right here. Oh, <laughs> oh do. don't, don't you dare! <laughs> I know we'll get some hate mail after this oh, one. I would send it to you personally if I think it's what I think <laughs> that, it is. A, you could imagine. There's a concern a certain uh, passing. Uh, no, let's... no, stop, stop right here. Nightcaps doesn't go that blue. Oh, speaking of blue, oh. <laughs> But yeah, the title card. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it sure is blue. Uh, no, we, we don't take cheap shots. We um, <laughs> not like this movie. Th- I, no, this movie is very sincere. I appreciate it. Yeah, it seems like it could, be built, <laughs> it could be built on cheap shots. But this movie is very, uh, yeah, just heartfelt. very sincere. Very, yeah, yeah. heartfelt. Mm-hmm. 
All right. So after our opening credits, we see that Hank has woken up on the mainland somewhere next to a bag of cheese puffs, which, you know, being a connoisseur of such things, I can guarantee do not exist in this world. (laughs) This is an alternate timeline without one Chester Cheetah. (laughs) Oh, and by Or Dipsy Doodle. (laughs) By the way, the shore that he uh, washes up on um, is actually not, or you know what? No, this is the previous shore that he was on at the beginning of the movie. It's an island, but it's uh, not actually an island. It's just a section of a beach that they liked with uh, the rest of the shoreline digitally cropped out of view. Hmm. And there's, hmm. a, there's a lot of digital manipulation here, actually more than I would have thought. Um, they digitally removed instances of visible breathing and blinks on Daniel Radcliffe's part. Uh. Which, um, you know, I just thought Radcliffe was... Uh, being a fantastic actor but yeah. i guess it's, it's reasonable to assume that there's going to be some minor adjustments that have to be made well, just that, yeah that's cool oh sorry no no you go oh, i talked too much i was just gonna say it's like just that hollywood digital trickery oh yeah everyone's and, uh, everyone's look, becoming younger uh, and younger <laughs> as the years go by a little bit further uh, or i guess following along the same vein um the directors actually thought that there were some visual glitches in some shots of Radcliffe on the beach, but uh, it turned out to be small white sand crabs jumping around his face. Oh, wow. They digitally removed those in post. Commitment. Yeah, wow. so pr- it props to, to Radcliffe for not breaking character. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't notice the digital effects, and I don't think I would have noticed unless you brought that up, so they did yeah. good. I, I was looking for them, and I still didn't really find them. Yeah, same. Yep. Uh, outside of the like obvious uh, instances. Mm-hmm. Oh, and uh, for the beach, and this, is, this is a pretty low budget movie, of course. Um, they couldn't afford to shut down the beach for filming, so they they actually did have people hanging around, wondering if that was Daniel Radcliffe <laughs> being filmed. <laughs> They're all surfing USA and like, is that Daniel Radcliffe? Yeah, they uh, they tried telling people that it was a mayonnaise commercial, but uh, eventually <laughs> they, they still caught on. <laughs> Oh, I would kind of love a mayonnaise commercial with this whole plot line going on. Yeah, also, speaking of Daniel Radcliffe, not knowing if that's a movie or that that's real life, I did find that clip of him walking dogs, and apparently that wasn't <laughs> that Amy Schumer movie, Trainwreck, and it's in like a, it's, he's like in a fake movie that they're watching, and it's like some kind of romance movie, it's just called like The Dog Walker, uh-huh. <laughs> and it's shot in okay, black and white. <laughs> nice. Pretty good. Sounds good to me. Um, next, I have down that um, Hank is talking to this dead body and pondering if it could have been his soul leaving his body that gave him this magical power of propulsion by fart. Yep. Um, I found that very funny. We also see that he has a phone on hand with just saying that it's July. I forget if it was the 14th, the 15th or the 24th. I wasn't paying attention, but I, I thought that time passage would be a little more prominent in this movie but apparently it's not that um and what phone does he have because it's at 10 percent after all this shit has gone down and it barely goes down over the course of the movie does not make sense it's an android phone Uh, no it's a it's an iphone you can clearly see the logo (laughs) oh really i thought it was an android phone no oh we got that apple logo baby oh well in that case that could make sense they have killer standby Oh, I don't believe that with my iPhone or Apple-based products at all. <laughs> oh, all right. 
Yeah, you would know better than I am an Android loyalist, and my battery dies by the time I wake up. Uh, what is this, Ex Machina? We got an Android lover in our midst? Hey, uh, hey another A24 joke. Yeah. <laughs> we, got a, we got more from I crack myself up, but he tries to call. There's no signal. Um, he initially says goodbye to... Uh, I was about to say Daniel Craig. That's not him. I'm sorry. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe's body. And then does a doubling back to retrieve the body. And I I mean, I don't know what I would do in this scenario. It, yeah. I, I think he mostly just feels bad. Yeah. Um, he, he's loyal to the, the man whose super farts helped him out yeah. in a bind. So he's taking him along. Uh, maybe I would bring that body along for Eaton later. That's true. Although he apparently he can't make a fire himself, so yeah. all you gotta do is set fire to the flame. <laughs> <laughs> sure, Mark. <laughs> yeah, you could burn his. You could burn his clothing. Well, but he doesn't have fire to begin with. You can't rub two well, sticks or smash two well, rocks we, together. Well, we do Didn't find do out it. he's an igniter. <laughs> <laughs> That's true too. Some methane. <laughs> uh, but uh, he drags this body along and they stumble to the shoreline or like up the slope and they find someone's as I quote Jack Shack <laughs> Jack Shack <laughs> yes. it's the Jack Shack tin roof <laughs> hey! hey don't bring the is it B-52s or B-59s man? B-52s all right, thank God. I remember my alcoholism. The quarantine hasn't taken everything from me. B fifty nine is a newer model. Yeah, <laughs> clearly there's some civilization going on around here, and uh, yeah. I mean, a lot of people apparently are present here, unless it's like an avid masturbator that frequents this spot <laughs> many times because there's boxes of all these uh, ding dongs and. I mean, empty, but someone. This is a well-traveled shoreline. Yeah, they did find a um, uh, something, uh, some sort of confectionery by Hostess, some, <laughs> some sort of treat. I don't remember what it was. Maybe ding dongs. I um, I think it was ding dongs. Oh, I can go for a funny bone right now. <laughs> oh, or devil dog. Oh. Devil dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Fill every orifice with the devil. Dog. <laughs> Listen, I'll tell you so, where the cream filling is. It's right here. <laughs> Oh. Oh. So uh, apparently they tried to get multiple brand sponsors for like this shot for the movie, but everyone apparently everyone quote said no except Hostess. Thank God for Hostess, bless them. <laughs> yeah, apparently, apparently because of the positive gain that they saw from Twinkies in Zombieland, they now say they now agree to any product placement. Wow, good to hmm. know. If we ever make a movie, yeah. <laughs> A multi-million dollar budget movie. <laughs> Going to be devil dogs in every orifice. Hey, nightcaps coming to you in cinemas. Hey, Matt, hand me those devil dogs. Oh, you mean the ones right next to the ding-dongs? <laughs> no, those are ring-dings, you ding-dong. Oh, sorry. I'm, <laughs> I was just sitting on my funny bones. <laughs> uh, it uh, writes itself. A regular Abbott and Costello over here. <laughs> Uh, next I have down they resort to sleeping in a cave and I thought this scene was kind of cute despite the um, obvious you know dead body that you're sleeping with moment uh, <laughs> because Hank Thompson sings a song that his mom sang to him and we learn a little bit later in the film that he lost his mom 
and he seems to care about her a lot mm-hmm. so he cares too for this dead body next to him as well <laughs> indeed uh, and I am also no person who deals with death on a normal basis, but I know for a fact that eyes do not open once they're closed forcefully. <laughs> yes, so something else is uh, going on here. Yeah, Some and um, he, as Matt said, falls asleep with his mouth open, catching rain or cave water at that point. And the next morning, we wake up to find that this body is being attacked by a raccoon, first off. That... <laughs> and that was real, by the way. Yeah, well, no, it, ra- raccoons are kind. I've seen a lot of uh, Twitter videos going around with them eating grapes on someone's porch. <laughs> yeah. Well, Radcliffe was, um, I don't remember what was supposed to happen in the scene. I, the raccoon was like not supposed to be digging around in his mouth, but that's how it played out. And Radcliffe carried it so well that they... We're able to shoot it and keep it in the movie. Yeah. Uh, but this raccoon is being chased off, and this is my favorite line in the film: "Let me eat you." As Paul <laughs> Dano sprints after this poor raccoon. Uh, yep. And uh, yeah, in doing so, he uh, knocks over the. He had set up a uh, a cup to catch the rainwater, but he knocks it over in his frenzy to catch this raccoon, which gets away. So now he's left with nothing, and he's angry at the world. He's yelling, um, and I, I would be too in his same position. That was me yesterday trying to look for the uh, charger for my projector. Oh, why, God? <laughs> R.I.P. Projector charger. <laughs> I got a new one coming, but it's not the same. <laughs> but um, oh, one thing I wanted to mention: I, I think this movie is—it's a little subtle. Um, in certain ways that I really appreciate, like uh, you know, like Daniel Radcliffe leaving his mouth slightly agape, that definitely plays into it in the subsequent scene. But uh, even earlier, we see um, Paul Dano's character searching for something. He's and then he eventually finds a nice cork from uh, from a wine bottle or a champagne bottle, and he, well, at this point, you hear Daniel Radcliffe's farting incessantly, nonstop. And then the scene smash cuts once he has like the the cork in his hand and the farting has stopped. So they don't they they do mention it. They explicitly bring it up a little bit later on, but um, you know, at this point, I don't know. It's just kind of subtle. Which as I dis- as disgusting as it sounds, would a cork stop a fart? <laughs> I, we've got to run a nightcaps experiment. Oh. <laughs> I don't. I don't volunteer for this. I'm gonna put up some YouTube tutorials, so uh, I'll uh, be back. <laughs> Will they be cake farts? <laughs> Famous internet video: cake farts. Cake Taco farts. Bell. Oh, Mark, you've got something to look up after this well, podcast. YouTube open right now. That's. Uh, oh let's no! Not a, not live! Not live! Please God! Not live! Oh, that's what up? Cake farts. Eighteen oh, plus. No. Oh no! Oh, what have I done? <laughs> what have I done? Uh, so he then um, I'm talking about Hank Thompson realizes that the water um, caught by Daniel Radcliffe's dead body is pure, and he can drink it without getting sick because the raccoon wanted it. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> sure movie, sure why not? That's yeah. A- so Daniel Radcliffe like falls over and he's a uh, kind of gushing a little bit of water. <laughs> Paul Dano, this is again that same kind of expression that he makes that I think is so uh, relatable, where he looks at him 
he just kind of weighs his options for a little bit in his <laughs> mind. And he's like, well, I guess this is it. I'm going for it. Oh. And I, I love when he presses on Daniel Radcliffe's chest, <laughs> the sound effect that comes of Radcliffe oh. burning. <laughs> uh, it's so visceral. I love it. It's a good effect, but I don't think the body would contain that much water. <laughs> oh, no way. Well, the, hey, the body is 70% water. <laughs> yes, I know, but they're living on this water for weeks. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's great. This is the surreal aspect has uh, been taken up another notch by this point of the movie. I'm surprised he didn't get water lung. I know. Mm. <laughs> like a um oh, forget it <laughs> i forgot the re- i forgot the reference <laughs> never mind uh so i forget what happens <laughs> came up too fast yeah. <laughs> we're gonna need a bigger boat <laughs> all this water um i i forget what happens next but does the corpse start talking now yeah um yeah. uh i forgot what the first line the corpse says well, at first, it's like uh, Paul Dano, Hank Thompson, is moving Daniel Radcliffe's mouth for him. Yeah. And you're questioning yourself if this is going to be one of the movies that uh, he's talking for the dead body the whole movie. And I thought that's where this was going at first. Like, I thought right. he's still dead, but it's just a character that Hank is playing. Yeah. I, um, I just want he says name first. Yeah, he says, <laughs> he says, Bleh. <laughs> and then Paul Dano he plays around with him a little bit and he's like Manny is that your name so he, he gets that name bestowed upon him mm-hmm. and then he's just a little chatterbox the whole movie Yeah, he... I, I did not see this coming I did not know this happened I was yeah. very surprised it's a good little twist Yeah, yeah. yeah. When, when they pull it off um, Paul Dano says something um, uh, he's like he's like you okay buddy or something like that and then daniel radcliffe repeats it back to him and uh, okay buddy yeah okay buddy yeah daniel radcliffe i mean paul dano screams in alarm and anguish and punches knocks him out knocks him out cold or colder i guess yep and uh it turns out manny doesn't remember his life yep or existence in general, and Hank has to teach him everything. But luckily, <laughs> there's some swimsuit editions of whatever nearby. Yeah, some sports they'll illustrated. Come in, they'll come in handy later. And all right, best scene in the movie is when he knows the Jurassic Park theme <laughs> and yeah. doesn't know the movie and just says Laura Dern. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, I think it was great. I wonder how much they paid to use that. Yeah. Because they even do a cover of it later on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Probably not too much. <laughs> Probably sure. more than we can afford. Like John I'm Williams, sure. please, please, just this one <laughs> bit. <laughs> please, just give us the opening stanza. <laughs> I'm sure Spielberg heard about this concept and had nothing but praise and admiration for what they were doing. Mm. Uh, so they start acting it out, and then we get the line, you're a multi-purpose tool guy, which, as we said, better title for the film, in my opinion. <laughs> no. I think it's just like a play on it, where it's like you're you're expecting to hear like the title yeah. of the film, and, just, and then he just says something different. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like kind uh, of like, eh. It's a nice subversion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
but Hank is teaching uh, Manny about everything going on in the world. Um, they're learning lessons like everyone poops using a Bible that someone has discarded at that point. It, it's yep. just, there's so much material for Hank to work with in this mm. movie. Yeah. And that's the thing that startled me. It's like all these, I mean, humans are disgusting and mm-hmm. I feel like they would trash the, the planet at this rate, but he's able to build things unconceivable, inconceivable to the human imagination. <laughs> I don't think you know what that word means. <laughs> inconceivable. He's mostly, he's just using wood and branches mostly. I do know what that word means. I know if he he knows what a car is, he can build a car. (laughs) No, I think they found the car. He just like (laughs) toppled it over, you know, made it stand upright. Yeah, they just kind of decorated it a little bit. Yeah. Um, They they go Flintstones with it. uh, He's finding all types of trash around here. It's like, Jesus Christ, we got a dirty ass planet. Yeah. Yeah. But even that kind of foreshadows that they are pretty close to civilization, like closer mm-hmm. than I would have thought. I thought they were still kind of on a relatively abandoned or deserted place, but no, they're really just off the coast of California. I thought that too. Like they were very close to civilization. Yeah. Very he, odd. He basically retraces, retraces his steps at the end of the movie in like 10 minutes. Mm. Um, we also find out that Hank ran away from his previous life. He drops it in like a sentence. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, I ran away from all that. So mm-hmm. th- that just makes me question more about Hank's character. Like, where was he going? What ship was he on? Was he trying to leave the country? Was he going on like a booze cruise for a week? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yep. And in my next uh, question for you two gentlemen, since you've seen this film before, the the thing that confused me the most. So... The swimsuit edition is open mm-hmm. and the pair are talking about love and Manny gets an erection, a boner, some may say. And <laughs> some, but certainly not I. <laughs> this, this boner is very violent. It felt painful for me. I did not want to experience it anymore. Yes. But a, apparently this boner, much like the Canadians I watch on Canada's Drag Race, always points True North, strong and fierce. <laughs> so, were they using it as some sort of compass? Like, how does a boner always well, redirect itself? I, I was, I, I was thinking of it as, you know, like, you know, just like you said, like a compass or like maybe like a divine rod. You know what I mean? You know that kind of old thing where like it kind of points you to like treasure or like fortune. It's just like that yeah. kind of old saying, you know. So I, I interpret it like that. Yeah, exactly. well, all I know is that it redirects every time. So is it magnetic? Is there? Good thing. Does he have a boner implant? I, I think it has to calibrate. You know, at first, <laughs> you got to touch the screen four times. It's, it's like your ring fit. You just have to like readjust it sometimes. Uh, yeah, just a little. You got to put it in a figure eight direction or movement. Yeah, <laughs> and um, I, Hank I actually, teaches- I actually have a whole section devoted to this. Uh, <sighs> erection as you say let me hear it let me Uh, learn all right the animatronic boner is uh controlled via joystick and wires so um (laughs) some of you may be familiar um this technology or rather the movie builds on some of the technology that was previously used in the music video for turn down for what oh now it all makes sense now there we (laughs) go by DJ Snake and Lil Jon. This music video was actually also directed by Daniels. Whoa. Yeah. 
Wow. So, um, you know, in that sense, the film is kind of an extension or a feature length adaptation of the music video, which for my money is one of the weirdest and funniest (laughs) to hit the mainstream in a really long time, possibly ever. That's great. Yeah. Props to them. Um, The music video has almost 1 billion views at the time of this episode. 1 billion. (laughs) Um, But actually, you know, after doing a bit more research, it would actually maybe be more accurate to say that the music video was inspired by the movie because the directors, the Daniels, were they were getting exhausted from, you know, trying to wrap their heads around making a movie and getting, quote, intellectual. So they thought a music video is, quote, the opposite of that. You just let the id take over and see what happens. Damn, uh, the director. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, you're right. You know, Daniel's producer. This came out, uh, the music video is six years ago. So, yeah, two years after it came out. Yep. Oh, that makes me feel a little bit younger that turned out for what is only six years old. <laughs> <laughs> feels like we've been hearing it forever. <laughs> yeah. um, so Daniel continued elaborating. Uh, the song kind of inspired us. We were like, wow, this is really stupid. <laughs> it's a direct quote. <laughs> um, uh, so directing the music video gave the Daniels the inspiration for how to configure um, this element of Swiss Army Man that they struggled with during the writing. Um, you know, the ability for Manny's corpse boner to function as a compass pointing in specific directions on cue. Um, so the directors say we upped our boner game for Swiss army, um, turned down for what was actually just a broomstick with a hole in the back of the lead dancer's pants. Oh, there were, there were no visual effects for that one. And, uh, for Swiss army, man, they had an animatronic one built in. It could point left and right. So the music video was almost like a test shoot. And uh, Swiss Army Man inspired Turn Down for What, not the other way around. Man, life finds a way. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I just, these these guys have such a a vision that I am utterly and completely in love with. Um, They say, "We, we certainly didn't suspect this video, the music video, would be a calling card or help us get the movie made, but it did. And um, it, it's not even just this one music video. They've done a number in the past, and they even have like a whole organization dedicated to um, music videos. But uh, an, the only other one of theirs that I've seen, um, I also love. It's for the song My Machines by Battles. Mm. And I've been seeing this music video for a while since the song came out. And I had no clue that they were responsible for it until today. And uh, it's it's just another one of my favorite videos. It's four minutes of a guy continuously falling down an escalator. But it's okay. actually a pretty subtle metaphor for him <laughs> losing more and more custody of his young daughter to his ex-wife. Well, that's a stretch. Hmm. No, it's, it's all the clues are there, but they it, they're blinking. You miss it. It's crazy. Oh, they did. Like, one I, for... Oh, sorry. Keep going. I, I've seen that video multiple times and it, I didn't understand that it was actually about that until somebody pointed it out in the comments dude they have a wide array of like knowing when uh, like what videos they want to direct there's one for tenacious d there's one for joy wave there's one for manchester orchestra yeah my Uh, Manchester orchestra is actually the the well i guess the orchestra the ensemble behind the score for this one for swiss army man i didn't even know that yeah oh my god you know oh and um, what else? Uh, yeah, they did one for the shins as well. 
Yeah. Yeah, they got a they got a good pedigree. Are these names I'm supposed to know or <laughs> Get lost, music, good. <laughs> music good. Music <laughs> good. Uh, but that's that's all I have to say about that. But I just I, I don't know. I love what they're coming from, or where they're coming from, and what they're bringing to the table. It's so it's such a unique voice that they uh, they make it work somehow. Mm-hmm. So anyway, moving on from the animatronic boner. Okay, so they discuss masturbation for a good long while, which is fine. Everyone masturbates. It's all right. Like everyone poops. Everyone masturbates. Yeah, and but, it's like a sincere conversation too. Yeah, mm-hmm. and Hank brings up something extremely awkward how his mom laid the joke you know like the parents were like stop doing it it offends the angels cry and uh, it sucks the life from you and his mom made the joke if you keep masturbating you're gonna catch up to me and i'm 40 years old and i went "Ooh, <laughs> no don't do that mom yeah it's just i uh, yeah the way it's laid out in the film is a little less weird than like our paraphrasing of it but it, well, it's of course, honestly, as it's everything on the art nightcaps podcast <laughs> it's something fair. that uh shane dawson might end up saying oh. <laughs> well he's canceled that's fine i'll let it pass <laughs> but yeah honestly it is oof, that is out of left field and that is a, a no-no mom <laughs> um but i feel that hank has been masturbating a lot because he drops the hint that he was called hanky wanky in school <laughs> right i mean he could have some sort of gratification disorder or something but he could uh, something he could have cut a hole in his sweatpants at one point in his pocket oh, oh no i know someone <laughs> like that from high school you do not know someone like that from oh, high school. Lord. i do i i I'm, unfortunately oh, i do jesus Oof. <laughs> and we thought we went to a weird high school <laughs> We just had to deal with hallway mace once in a while. Hallway mace. Oh, it's a story. It's a tale to tell. I don't even know if I know what that is. Oh, I'll is have that, to tell is you that what I fair. missed on Glee? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no. That sounds, uh, uh, that sounds uh, almost equivalent to pocket sand. Oh, it was more dangerous than pocket sand, let's just say. <laughs> I, I only remember... Uh... Chicken? No, I only, chicken? I only remember blasting easy way to bake a pretty cake through well, the that hallways. Was our, that was our little, you know, our thing we did in high school. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to know what that is. <laughs> oh yeah, totally also, risque. Also Lil John related. <laughs> <laughs> Lil John has been there every moment of our lives. Oh, yeah, now true. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um... As they're discussing this, they get into like a fight and Manny dies again, or like he turns off. <laughs> yeah. I um, forget the Hank, specifics. I Hank, don't have them written down. Hank just kind of gets annoyed and tells uh, Manny to die in a fire. Oh, yeah. Very yeah. hurtful for your dead friend to say. Yeah. Especially, it's kind of a foreshadowing for something that happens later on. Oh, this is true. More layers. Yum, oh, yum, yeah. yum. I'm like telling you, this is. Dip. This is a a well-crafted movie from start to finish. Um, I have down next that they're fearing some off-scene animal. And uh, they try to escape said animal, which we assume to be a bear. Because it sounds like a bear, but who knows if it's their mind or that. And just this whole time, I I don't know. Like, the the plot is punctuated by so many, like, witty and fun kinds of dialogue. 
especially on Manny's part where, um, you know, just being super naive about how the world works, he sees <laughs> that um, Hank is very distressed and very fearful. And the only hint he has to go off of is that the creature left a poop. So he's like, <laughs> Hank, why are you scared of that poop? <laughs> Everybody poops. Yeah. And I just, there are so many instances like that. And it's, um, it's, it's good for a chuckle <laughs> very often. Um, they escape this animal and fall in such a way that Manny sees the phone that Hank was carrying, which has a picture of a girl on a bus sitting alone. And um, at this point, does he try to convince Manny that the phone is his? Like, maybe it could be yours. Like, do we know? I forget if we don't know. We see it one time before. So, yeah, I, um, I assume. Right, he's trying to hide the phone from Manny at this point. Yeah. But Manny's very adamant about seeing yeah. the woman again. Um, but uh, Manny... I'm sorry. Uh, oh, my goodness. Hank convinces <laughs> Manny that Sarah is a girl he loves in order to try and trigger his memory. Yeah. To help him out a bit more. Yeah, to get back home. Yeah. Um, at this point, Hank is Sarah Laura Dern. What, it, what was I writing here? I don't even know. Uh, uh, just, yes. Yeah. So Hank is dressing up as Sarah. Um, although they don't know her name or Manny doesn't know her name at this point. So he dresses up for Manny to see if that could bring back any memories. And Manny's like... Uh, Hank is like, what's my name? And Manny's like, Laura, Laura Dern. Dern. <laughs> then they, they get upset, or Hank gets upset, and he's like, no, Manny. Try again. Uh, but using his engineering skills, he's able to construct a fake bus ride with moving outdoor window oh, yeah. scenery. He could have built a phone. He could have built a phone. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> he could have built an AT&T uh, cell tower. Actually, no, that wouldn't have done him any good. A T-Mobile cell tower. Mm. <laughs> I do like this scene because he's slowly trying to convince that Manny knows Sarah in his past life or what he's experienced. And eventually, while he's playing both roles, which is a good thing for like Paul Dano, the effects are really great that he's like going back and forth, back and forth, mm -hmm. the cuts and such. I, I really enjoyed that. And um, he eventually strikes up a conversation with Sarah that uh, suggests that he is in love with her in some way. Right. Yeah. He wants to have her babies and like, you know, can I just stick the tip in? <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> yeah. Hank tries to convince Manny that no, no, it's not just about sex or it's not purely about <laughs> sex. There's much more to it than that. Mm. Um, and I also, speaking of sex, I, I just, I really like the line when, um, Daniel Radcliffe is like, Hank, do you remember when you stuck that corp up my butt? Was oh my that God. sex? <laughs> yeah. So like, I mean, this is, we get a, a better scene of this a little bit later, but do you think these two had a relationship in that way? Like not sexual, but like the chemistry was there. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right. I agree. But it's, it's all symbolic. Was it a prison situation where there's no girls there? Because I've been watching a lot of The Sopranos, and even Tony's like, it's prison. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, Good maybe, show. Maybe a bit. <laughs> Don't know if you heard of it. 
<laughs> but what were you saying, Matt? Maybe what? <laughs> it was just maybe a bit. Yeah, maybe it is a oh, bit maybe. of uh, prison rules. All right. Uh, so prison rules are in effect. In effect. <laughs> oh my God. Alternate side. Oh, I was right about to say that. <laughs> oh, I beat you to it. But I also got the vibe, having not seen this before, that Hank has obviously been into this girl, Sarah, and this is the the fantasy that he's trying to put on Manny. Oh yeah. In order to convince him. Honestly, uh, it's, it's coming off as pretty creepy. Oh, uh, creepy. As a person who's taken buses for the majority of his life because I don't drive. <laughs> I'm scared of that. That's my phobia. Um, yeah, I could see that. There was this time this lady sat next to me on a bus and she was like, what music are you listening to? And I'm like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I don't know what to say because I'm very much of the type that sit on the bus. I'm listening to my music and looking out the window. Don't bother me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but no, he is uh, fully obsessed with her. But uh, yeah. yeah, that's that's pretty much what the movie is about. It's um, his path to, you know, just learning not to uh, depend on others for that validation and finding it in yourself. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's creepy, but as I hate to say this, it's charming <laughs> in a way. Like it doesn't yeah. come across. It's like 70 percent creepy, 30 percent charming. Like it's not a malicious creepy. Um, yeah. It's it's creepy, but it's like somebody who he, they he does know better, and that's why he carries it with such shame. But yeah, it's really just kind of a misfit in society sort of scenario. So that that lends some some more um, audience relatability to him. Yeah, uh, these uh, situations escalate as Hank and Manny continue to take the imagination further by recreating other scenes such as a movie theater, a midnight party and such. And this is Matt's... Yeah, well, I was going to say, this is Matt's theme song when he walks in. It's like, pop the popcorn. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Get that that shit ready. That was more sultry than the movie version. (laughs) Pop popcorn. I I like how the the song, if you really listen to the lyrics, it's like describing everything that's happening. So I think it's called Montage. And they're just yelling, (laughs) Montage! Montage! And so like... uh, like them, them shooting the ra- raccoon and the fish. It's like, oh yeah. my god, we just killed a raccoon. We are using your body like it's a machine gun now. Uh, <laughs> it's a really catchy. Talent. I love yeah. it. Oh yeah, very oh, well, catchy. Every... Right up my alley in terms of lyrics. Mm-hmm. Every time I think of popcorn, I think of a certain clown in a sewer. So <laughs> to bring up some other bad movies on this podcast, what does that make you? Oh my gosh, popcorn, pop, pop. Oh, right, right. You don't remember? Do you remember? We got uh, farting corpses down here, Georgie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, sounds fun. (laughs) I can smell the methane in here. Do the farts uh, float? (laughs) We all float down here. Uh, Maybe maybe it's just from my recent watch of Community, but when I hear pop popcorn, I think of magnitude pop pop. I don't. When, I don't. Know well, when I is. when I think of uh, uh, popcorn, I think of uh, uh, <laughs> half baked when he fed the horse. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Oh god! Yeah, yeah. That horse is a diabetic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, different strokes for different hey, folks. You like popcorn? Indeed. You like when it goes pop, 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 pop. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh. We got something for everyone on here. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Different strokes. Uh, different pops. I thought that this scene where they're exhibiting Manny's different talents, like he can karate chop fucking stone in half and <laughs> set mm-hmm. fires by farting, was a really good bonding scene. It was cute. Oh, yeah. Right. So I thought the movie should have ended here with them finding love in the forest together. I hear that's how the Egyptians built the pyramids. <laughs> yeah. uh, then one day they're trying to cross a man-made pipe. And Manny brings up the fact that there is a certain wall between them and Hank doesn't want to hear from it. He says, shut off those feelings. I don't really want to feel anything right now. Uh, They fall off Mm -hmm. and Manny starts dragging Hank down in the water, but Hank saves Manny. And then surprisingly, I didn't think this would happen. Is this call me by your name? He kisses Manny. Mm -hmm. Like the power of love. love yeah. Um, that's the power of love <laughs> before that moment they uh yeah just going back to when they are kind of or hank is being annoyed by manny um because you know hank definitely has this secret about sarah that he's he doesn't want to reveal to him um and yeah once they're kind of closer to danger um once the pipe that they're on has broken and they're like hanging around um, Daniel Radcliffe is saying like, oh, I'm experiencing a feeling. I'm like really afraid um, yeah. that if I die, I just think I'm really going to miss you. So Aww, yeah. very cute. And uh, I like Daniel Radcliffe's facial expressions because it's like half, you know, half there, half dead. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a skill. He's very yeah. good at it. Yeah. He never like really turns his head, you know, in a believable direction he really looks like a corpse he pulls he, it off i like how he always has like the that one lazy eye too that uh yeah. that kind of always sells it for me i don't know it's just like it's that, that part of his expression it's, it's yeah. so minuscule Very good. i like it oh and during this scene when they're like kind of underwater and they're trying to come out of the situation there's a another song that plays kind of similar to the other ones that we've heard in terms of melody but oh the lyrics are just so good they're kind of overlapping so I don't really get a good sense of what each individual line is, but there are some subtitles for some of the lines and it's, man, it feels very, uh, almost like neutral milk hotel esque. Like you don't really hear <laughs> lines like that. They're, is that a bad name? Or are you having a stroke? <laughs> oh, it's a, it's one of the most revered indie bands of the nineties or of all time, really. But gentrification, they, <laughs> they have, um, very kind of visceral lyrics that, are also very um, thought-provoking and meaningful and, I don't know, emotional. and They're just very very unlike anything else out there. But I think this really channels that energy. Um, there's like a line about climbing into your mind and clearing out the cobwebs and like wanting to live inside it or something like that. Hmm. Uh, I don't but they the actual line is much better than whatever I just said. Whatever I just said <laughs> sounds like, I don't know, indie drivel. <laughs> but i promise it that's your new podcast indie drivel you know what? that's not bad yeah i like that yeah that's a band name indie drivel well uh, i'm out then i'm working i'm gonna go work on this is indie drivel associated with tiny desk <laughs> oh we got a partnership going yeah well it's nice hosting you here for a time Matt, but <laughs> yep life calls <laughs> Um, I hope you ask me to provide vocals once in a while, but that's about it. Uh, so after this, Hank and Manny have a bonding moment on the shore after a while. And well, we you, never, that- you didn't mention oh. how they 
got out of the water. I don't know exactly. Did they fart? Is that oh, how it happened? See, again, I mean, it's this one's not too subtle, but um, the first shot after they kind of submerge into the abyss is the cork now floating in the water. Ah, so it was released. Yes. Daniel. The chains were off the relationship. I see. It was yes, off Manny, the chain. Manny has been uncorked. They are no longer to uh, show, no longer afraid to show themselves in front of each other, and it it uh it saves them quite honestly from mortal danger. Ah, and then they leap like dolphins. <laughs> yeah, it's really nice, and uh, it provides the poster for this movie, which uh, I really I really enjoy. It's like mm-hmm. it's um it's Paul Dano riding Daniel Radcliffe like into the clouds. Yeah. <laughs> uh. The posters for these people's movies, these directors' movies, are so good. Because the one after this is uh, one that I haven't seen yet. just came out, I think, last year or maybe earlier this year. It's The Death of Dick Long. Yes, I was just looking at the title. Yeah, yeah. that poster is also fantastic. It's just um, <laughs> kind of like a guy off in the distance, really like a wide-angle shot of him with like fireworks coming out of his dong. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so great. <laughs> Mm. I can't get we, enough. We we see that Hank has had some daddy issues. Him and his dad have disconnected since the death of his mother. And that he sends an electronic birthday card to him. But also the same, like he's reciprocated by his dad, who doesn't really know him that well. So the mm-hmm. two have been distant forever. And um, they discuss both Hank and Manny if they could just stay out here forever because it seems like they're having the time of their lives. Oh, yeah. They're free to be themselves. I don't blame them. No. Mm-hmm. Sounds good to me. <laughs> um, uh, Hank has to go off to go pee. And then he spies a car on the road and realizes that this dream is coming to an end because his phone reactivates still at... 10%? No, no, it's at 2% now. Oh, it's at 5%. Let's no. cut the difference. It, it, no, because it goes back. When he goes back, it's at 1%. Right. Yeah. Oh. Mm. oh. We can agree there, but it's still high for a phone that's been off for <laughs> God knows how long. Oh, yeah. Um, but they go back and they discuss, and Hank says, I have something to tell you, like, is he going to reveal this whole issue with Sarah? And then he's like, I have something to tell you too. That big <laughs> raccoon is fucking up our cancer. Oh, but this big raccoon turns out to be a bear. And while um, Hank is trying to use Manny to defend from the bear attack, Manny learns the truth by seeing Sarah on Hank's phone and piecing together mystery that he never really knew Sarah in the first place. Oh, yeah. And this revelation, it feels, I don't know, the film carries it well, I guess, in like the editing and the, just the cut and the performances, mm-hmm. because it feels like it carries a lot of uh, significant weight for the character. Mm. Um, and in terms of the script, too, because, yeah, at this point, Hank is trying to use Manny's um, projectile ability <laughs> to, uh, to launch, you know, like, basically pellets into the bear and hopefully kill them. Well, they shoot the heads off squirrels in this movie. Yeah, they shoot <laughs> eagles out of the sky. Manny is powerful. <laughs> so they, he was hoping to do that, but Manny is just so um, caught off guard by this revelation and so distraught that he is unable to function to the best of his abilities. 
Mm-hmm. And that bear starts to fuck him up, like actually. <laughs> yeah. Take a uh, scene right out of the Revenant. <laughs> oh my God, literally. But they fart up and see a city, and then Manny starts pondering when they crash down to the tree, not once but twice. Like, what is life? Have you lied to me this whole time? Like, I should be dead again. We're all going to die eventually. And Hank falls and gets fucked up by this bear. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, Manny is like, you know, this might be my fault. And Hank says, no, I would have done it to myself eventually. It's not your fault. Uh, there's sort of a uh, kindred spirit between the two. And Manny somehow moves on his own falls out of the tree and startles this bear that's like i wasn't this wasn't in my writer i'm sorry i can't can't do this shit right now he startles him by um uh, pushing himself on this is like a very visceral movement by daniel radcliffe oh yeah it's nuanced he's a dancer (laughs) he must be a dancer All, all the bone cracking oh yeah so he pushes himself onto the fireplace that they had um built and they, he um, pretty much unleashes a spark and launches himself you know, full flames at the bear. And then the bear is like, nope, um, I'm getting out of this shit. <laughs> but um, yeah, Manny is eventually extinguished. But uh, yeah, I just thought that was kind of foreshadowing from the uh, die in a fire line that we heard earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, apparently Hank's leg is like magically healed, but I mean, he's walking on a crutch a little bit later. Yeah. Uh, well, he's, but, he's carrying him uh, for the, for the remainder of the film. Cause he, but he, it's a very visceral snap, Mark. It's like, <laughs> like that leg ain't going to work no more. It, uh, it is for, pretty bad. Uh, for the, for the sake of the film and it's absurdity. I'm, I'm okay with yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. I, I guess I agree, but it's, um, it's a pretty gruesome attack. And, um, Oh yeah. yeah. I feel like this this film, you know, at this point, you kind of realize that it's not really going to let up on these characters, which I appreciate. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, hold on, I do have some notes about the bear. Notes <laughs> on the bear. Yes, they had Is it a bark uh, the bear. <laughs> uh, Is it the bear and the maiden fair. Ooh, we don't talk. Remember about that, that show? show? Yeah, <laughs> no. No, one, no one does anymore. I'm Oof. sorry, bringing it up. The only D and D I recognize now are Daniel and Daniel. <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> oh yeah, I guess that too. Um, so one one unique problem on the set of this movie was the need for a bear. Um, <laughs> they uh, the directors are quoted as saying, "We didn't want to do a CG bear because well we couldn't afford it, and it really doesn't look that good." Um, they actually brought up the Revenant. They said it's an amazing movie, but the bear looks like a video game. Mm. So uh, they agree. wanted to hire <laughs> they wanted to hire a real bear or something else that felt real. So one of their ideas was to shoot a, a real bear, not not kill, not murder, but to film shoot a real bear, and then comp its face onto an animatronic bear so that it could do exactly what they wanted, but you could still see the mouth and the eyes. Um, the lead they got on animatronic bears was a man in Pennsylvania who owns one of the best animatronic bears in the country, apparently. It's but, always uh... Pennsylvania. It <laughs> always is. And some homemade pumpkin pie. Ugh. But, um, well, apparently that man was not interested. He, uh, the directors, you know, tried to coax him. They said, uh, we were like, come on, it'll be fun. And he was like, $100,000. Oh, um, my God. The directors said, uh, we asked if he could cut us a deal. And he said, I read the script, didn't like the poop stuff. 
I think I'll stick with commercials. Wow. <laughs> but, well, you know, la- last laugh is on him, or I don't know, last joke is on him, because uh, <laughs> ultimately the Daniels had to settle for the real deal, but I think it worked out well. Um, they hired a bear called Tag the Bear, and they say he did a great job. Um, he didn't need CG. He's just real. Quote, he's just a cool little bear. Aww. Yeah. He was later then seen in Tag the Movie. <laughs> You're it. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good tagline. Hey. Um, <laughs> that's a pun. Speaking. Oh, sorry. Um, going on a tangent, as I often do. Hey, go for uh, it. Related. Related to Julie Klausner. <laughs> Recently on her podcast, she mentioned training deers. And for like some show that she's familiar with, they had to get some live deer, also from Pennsylvania. And this dude showed up. And the way he trained these deers was, uh, he's like, yeah, I take this bag of Skittles and the deers come to it. And whenever the deers want Skittles, they'll, they'll be here. And she was like, Really, that's all it takes to be a deer trainer? <laughs> Your bag of skittles? Hey, I, can't, like, I can't afford yep. that shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, interesting tangent. Uh, that, that's yeah, uh, that's sorry, pretty that's, good. That's gonna, I had to bring it up. That's what they'll use when they have to make a, a remake of a, or a live action remake of A Crazy Night. Bambi? Oh, I was going to say Bambi. <laughs> oh. Oh, yeah. Except they shoot one of the deer. Yeah. <laughs> uh. You know, speaking about Pennsylvania, that's where the um, any loyal listeners would have caught me mentioning the play Jonah, which takes yep. place at the Sight and Sound Theater in Pennsylvania. Yep. And one this of my takeaways from that that play was that these animals are really fucking good actors. Mm, yeah. And uh, I guess probably Skittles. the Skittles trick. That's all you need to do. Skittles. There we go. <laughs> I guess that's how I'll train our dog. Ugh. No, tell me you're not feeding Rosé Skittles. <laughs> no, we're just, you know, putting them in front of her. Train the rainbow. Taste the rainbow. Mm. Skittles. <laughs> uh. <laughs> All right. Let's continue on with this movie. Um, the next morning, Manny has seemingly um, become sentient. He's able to walk and carry Hank on his back. Uh, and they arrive at Sarah or Mary Elizabeth Winstead's house. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I, I did not recognize that as her in like the me? bus picture. Yeah, yeah I did all. not until the end. Yeah. I did not know that was her. That was crazy. And what I got, I got a nitpick with that bus picture. How how's she going to be looking directly at the camera and you know <laughs> not not get into a fight? I have a theory yeah. on that. I think um, Paul Dano just had one of those days where it's like, oh, she looks pretty. Because like, he explains it to her later. It's like, oh, you look so happy. So maybe he like creepily just took out his phone. Maybe he had it out for too long. And when like you know you do that thing at the corner of your eye where you think someone's looking at you, you just look up and you just snapped it at the right exact <laughs> moment. And he just like nervously put away his phone and just kind of like stare down at the floor for the rest of the day. Before he would have been ready to catch those hands on that bus. <laughs> oh yeah, try doing that on a Newark or Elizabeth right? bus. <laughs> you gonna be dead, kid. You gonna be Manny. <laughs> <laughs> you gonna need a Swiss Army man to get you out of this. <laughs> Where your Swiss Army man now? <laughs> I know, right? What a creep! You better call an. Am- you better call an ambulance. 
Oh no! Oh, Black Betty, Amber Lance. <laughs> I knew it. I knew you knew that. Uh, always with the Black Betty. Uh, <laughs> I love that. I love that video. Uh, uh, so she's washing the dishes, and Hank is like, "No, we can't go in. This is extremely creepy." But um, Manny has been convinced that you know you should live your best life mm-hmm. and try your best to get with her, even though she's obviously, and we didn't mention this, like obviously you know, married to someone else. Yes. And, uh, yeah, the big reveal was that there's a kid. Yeah. No, that's not (laughs) Ewan McGregor. Don't you dare. Uh, Maybe around this time, maybe. Who knows? (laughs) That's not him. (laughs) It would have been. Uh, Well, they have this kid, and immediately I write off all kids in cinema thanks to Nosferatu, the TV series, because kids can't act. But this kid's kind of cute and can act, so I felt thankful for that. I was trying to make out what she was saying, but I didn't have subtitles on. Uh, she was just like, he's farting. He's got superpowers. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, she just explained the situation very very delicately to her mother. Yeah. yeah. And she can hear Manny, so apparently he's alive. Mm-hmm. Well, we find that out yeah. at the end of the movie. <laughs> yeah, well, he's existing in the minds of a child, maybe. <laughs> in the mind of a child. Yeah, and uh, notably Mary Elizabeth Winstead as Susan comes out as like, what's Sarah. going on? S- sorry, close enough. Sarah, yeah. Susan, mm-hmm. whatever. Just call her Mary. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sarah, Sarah comes out as like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> yeah. Um, I escaped from the woods, help me. And she does so, but she's noticeably creeped out. Yeah. And uh, Hank wakes up once more and realizes that Manny is not speaking. He's zipped up in a body bag with these very gaddy little, um, what do you call them, morgue workers going, yeah, we're going to take this body to the morgue. And it ain't going to be claimed ever, see? <laughs> it's like usually when a body is, uh, is, is you know, comes around, they, they pay for a funeral. They're seeing all these like obvious things, like expletive, like just out there, like very yeah. loudly for the audience to hear. Yeah. And no, nobody's Sarah, gonna come for him. We're just gonna bag him up, and nobody's gonna ID him. We'll just burn him or just toss him somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Sarah is told by the cops that this might be Manny's phone, the dead body, mm-hmm. um, that has a picture of her on it, and she's noticeably confused. Meanwhile, Hank is like at the side of the scenes, just wandering around trying to get the lay of the land and these news reporters are like not two seconds after you've been discovered here have an interview on tv <laughs> very suspicious yeah, very a, unbelievable this is, i could believe that this is the big case of the century <laughs> or i don't know maybe the year and in this heartfelt moment this person who supposedly hank's dad shows up to identify the body and doesn't recognize the body as his own son uh, well, I, I don't know. She doesn't open the bag. Yeah. Oh, he. Are you sure? Or they yeah. they said like, oh, we need to identify this, and so before they open it up, he's like, no, I can't look at this, and so he heads All back right. to his truck, where it almost looks like he's about to leave, but he's actually like pretty sincere, and, he, and he's like, he's crying, yeah. you know. And uh, I think, I, I, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I was just gonna say, Hank sees that, and he probably you know comes to the realization that his dad actually does care for him because he yeah. didn't think so earlier in the film yeah 
All right. Nice but why would he walk why would he walk away then? Oh, he's heartbroken because he thinks his son's dead and he doesn't want to show that to anybody else. No, not say. him, Hank. Oh, why I, would Hank walk away? I, I think he wanted to see what his father would do. And I think he he was afraid of also maybe being ashamed or like uh, seeing his father maybe ashamed of him that he was away for so long. I don't know. There mm-hmm. there's could be a, a lot of mixed emotions going on in there. Yeah, especially mm-hmm. because He's probably he's about to reveal that it's actually his phone there too. So he doesn't yeah. he probably doesn't want his dad to think of him as a creep either. That's true. True. Um, but as uh, Manny's body's slowly being carted away, Hank is interviewed on camera, and he comes clean. He says, "I'm Hank. That's my phone." And the guy in the back seat of that ambulance is Manny. Um, and Mary Elizabeth Winstead is like, what? He has magic <laughs> powers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I really like um, Sarah's reactions yeah. here in this part of the movie. He, yeah. She reacts very naturally, very understandably. Mm-hmm. I would yeah. be uh, in her same shoes. Yeah. yeah. And immediately Hank is going to the ambulance, taking out the body um, and riding it downhill to the creek and then the lake and then the ocean that they've, taken days to get through by the way but in the <laughs> spirit of the movie has to end in five minutes we gotta get there come on oh yeah <laughs> we gotta we gotta march we gotta make it to the end come on <laughs> and eventually everybody follows because with the cops are looking for hank his dad's looking for hank little, uh, little clarissa girl, has gone missing <laughs> yeah she, she goes following manny into the woods she's very concerned for manny <laughs> and uh, then her parents have to follow her and uh, oh, I, I do have a note about the. <laughs> nobody's gonna care about this, but <laughs> I do, and maybe one of our listeners will. Um, the news report that they're filming in this part of the movie towards the end is um, typically when you see the when you see movies shift to a news report, they change the aspect ratio because news reports are done in sixteen by nine. Mm-hmm. It's done in like the traditional uh, TV broadcast aspect ratio. But this one, they leave it in the cinematic aspect ratio of um, whatever it is, like 2.35 by by one. So the directors have, they have apologized for doing their news report in the wrong aspect ratio. Mm-hmm. Um, they said, yes, there's never been an anamorphic news report, but it was too distracting <laughs> to go 16 by 9. And then uh, I didn't get their exact quote, but I believe on the commentary, they also say, but uh, people who worry about aspect ratios are losers anyway. <laughs> oh, Matt, did you feel called out? I, well, personally attacked? I agree. <laughs> I agree and acknowledge that. <laughs> all right. So they're all vamping through the woods and they discover Hank and Manny's little, I don't know, scene that they set. Yeah, everything. <laughs> there are many bus. buses. <laughs> yeah, there are many movie theater. All the, and, the party. The house party oh, they had. Their yeah. reactions are just like, what the fuck is going on here? They're going to arrest this guy. Yeah. <laughs> and they chase this poor soul to the beach where he's clutching Manny going like, don't die. We just got to show him. And they all show up there and they're like, dude, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. They try to arrest Hank and Hank's like, we just got to show them. We got to show them once. And he farts in front of Manny and everyone in the crowd is noticeably upset. Like, <laughs> dude, why? It's, it's a killer fart. Everyone's holding their noses. Yeah. Especially it, just how far away. Dead. Yeah. It's gone immediately to their noses. His father's like, I disown you. 
And uh, there is another fart. Fart. (laughs) You had a fart? A fart. fart. There's one more fart. Sorry, my my British dialect had chimed in. (laughs) Stop trying to class this movie up. (laughs) I'm trying. Uh, There's another fart heard off screen, and uh, (laughs) Hank is like, that's not me. I didn't do it. They all look to Manny's body, and sure enough, (laughs) he's expelling the rankest fart that's ever been done in history. Little Clarissa is laughing her head off. She's going to explain it all. I just, I love, I absolutely adore the individual reactions. Yeah. Oh, when, oh when, when Hank's father turns and gives him a knowing smile, I went, I don't know no, if this would like, happen. Do it, first, son. first, yeah, first Hank's dad nods. Um, I think after he, like, after he farts or something, that's what happens what the fuck am I saying? That's what happens initially. Um, Hank's dad nods, kind of like, yes, um, do it, son. And then once once the scene has neared its conclusion and we see Daniel Radcliffe gliding off into the abyss, into the, yes, the blue yonder, yeah. um, we see, like, um, his dad, Hank's dad, like, fall to his knees in amazement. <laughs> He just can't control himself. He's like, oh, he's so joyous and so proud. All, all, that, majestic. all that was missing yes. was a thumbs up. Yeah. Uh, we see the cameraman. like Jonathan, the cameraman. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, know because that's my name. He, he had the camera down while the scene was playing out. But then as things unfold, he starts filming because he's just too amazed. He's like, this needs to be documented. Uh, <laughs> the world needs to know. Hurt. Yeah. I like this newscasteress. She's standing there just disgusted and confused. What is going on here? I I just love that because the last line of the movie encapsulates it all. And it's just Mary Elizabeth Winston just goes, what the fuck? Oh, yeah. Uh, Oh, yeah. Well, what were you going to say? I was going to say, I was just going to describe the last look on Daniel Radcliffe's face. Yep, exactly. Joy. Unbridled joy. Yeah. I love it. It's oof. I I would get a poster of that if I could. Yeah, just like Uh. just like Poochie, he goes off to his home planet. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, my job here is done. Time to help another poor soul. (laughs) Oh no. He Mary Poppins them. (laughs) So great. So blissful. Oh my god. All right, and that's the end of our movie as uh, the song they've been singing the whole movie plays out over the credits. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and uh, I, I, this is one more thing I meant to mention before. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the pivotal moments in the film when um, Hank and Manny burst from beneath the water um, after they fall from the pipe, it, it actually it features a fake butt and real <laughs> stuntmen being yanked out at 20 miles an hour or so. Um, and the oh, last God. shot of that sequence does feature Radcliffe's real um, behind, but, but they were worried it showed too much crack and told him so. Radcliffe's response, he gave them the okay, saying that it's the movie he signed up for. Oh, He seems to it. be the best guy. I know, so good. I love it. <laughs> All right, with that, our final thoughts and pizza ratings, gentlemen. I know it's been a long time for Mark, but you've got a pizza cooking in the oven, don't you? Oh, it's uh, rumbling and tumbling. <laughs> the cheese. <laughs> the crust. Oh, and I'm lactose. 
Um, Matt, why don't you lead us off since, you know, you're the maestro of this film. All right. Well, I, I feel like I don't have enough praise to say about it. Uh, I've only touched the surface on it whenever I've mentioned it during this podcast uh, episode. This film was honestly truly a, a delight and it was a surprise. I did not expect to enjoy it as much as I did. Um, watching it again, uh, I felt that maybe there were a couple moments that dragged, but honestly, it, it was still like it, it barely dragged. Um, mm. it, it, for the most part, it glided about as smoothly as Daniel Radcliffe on those waves. <laughs> I was gonna say a fart out my butt. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it's always interesting. I love the dialogue. I love the the perspectives that are that are shared here. Um, there's so much. It's kind of navel gazing, but it's it's a lot of meaningful conversation, like important questions um, that have plagued philosophers for centuries. But um, I think they're answered really well here. I I just love each um what they what each character brings to the table. Um, I really enjoy the ending because uh, for a lot of the movie, I will admit that I thought um. Paul Dano's character, Hank, was pretty creepy, and I didn't really want to see that um, redeemed at the end, or not necessarily redeemed, but kind of glorified. So I like that, you know, kind of the ending of the film didn't let him off easy. He definitely still had to answer for some of the uh, strange questions that people had for him, understandably. Hmm. Um, but yeah, just kind of the lesson of the movie is that being yourself and not letting um not letting you get down on yourself or shaming yourself for not neatly fitting into society that's perfectly fine and uh yeah if you embrace that in yourself then other people will come around to you um and yeah a lot of it was as well as i had mentioned before just paul dano's character learning how not to uh put all of his um i guess self-esteem eggs in uh, a random girl's basket he learned to just really love himself and i think that's what like hank and manny came to represent um i think the part where they're hanging on the trees uh facing the bear it's pretty abstract but uh, i believe that was basically the uniting of uh Hank and Manny's characters. Um, they were like sharing each other's thoughts and um, Manny's kind of depression was feeding into Hank's suicidal tendencies. But, you know, after all that, they, they stayed strong by uh, being together. But yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I really can't say enough about the film. It's uh, the performances are great. Um, the way it's shot is uh, pretty damn nice the uh the script the score the lyrics uh it all comes together in like a pretty a pretty damn near perfect package um so uh i do have one note here about a a situation on the set apparently i think uh, after a day of project production they they lost one of their whole sets to a herd of cows that trampled through Huh. The set and carried it all away, leaving only fecal matter in exchange. Of course. And I kind of I feel that way about this movie, except <laughs> where fecal matter is actually uh, 
I don't know, liquid gold. It's a talking point. Yeah, it's, it's something good. Um, I just, yeah, I, I really adore all the attitudes expressed in this film. Um, I like the redemption story, and yeah, I just that ending, man. I was, I was thinking I would give this like a seven, somewhere in the sevens, and yeah. the ending hit. Um, it feels kind of Lonely Island esque in like its absurdity. I mean, the movie yeah. itself is always absurd, but then this almost borders on like satire, like genre <laughs> satire absurdity, which mm-hmm. is right up my alley always. I'm going to uh, I'm going to give the whole hog eight out of eight <gasps> pizza slices. Oh my <laughs> god, this is a legendary <laughs> by oh, yeah. Matt standards. <laughs> <laughs> it's a modern classic. It really is, and I hope uh, more people discover it. Oh my goodness. How do I follow up an eight out of eight pizza slices? Um, I'll try my best. (laughs) This is the first time I saw this movie. Very interesting. Did not go the way I expected it at all. Um, Totally intrigued by the interactions between Paul Dano and uh, Daniel Radcliffe. I was really feeling for the relationship on times. I agree with Matt. The movie flowed wonderfully. It shot beautifully. Oh, I'm trying to find some negatives to say. But you know I can't. Mm-hmm. But it, but it, it wasn't a whole pie for me. I, I think part of me, even though I'm the one who like recommended John Waters movies on this <laughs> podcast, is like, oh, there are too many fart jokes in this movie. Like something wanted to keep the fart fresh for me, and I think if they would have held back just a smidge, it would have gotten there. Does that make any sense? Like I, I get that's the movie's draw, like farts. <laughs> it's it's funny it's crass i would not have walked out on this i would have sat and i would have felt during the ending scene mm-hmm. um which left me a little bit on pause i didn't know how to feel maybe after after a, a future rewatch i'll feel a little bit more concrete i realized that like you know um um manny's character has gone off into the wild blue yonder <laughs> and hank has learned more from manny's cadaver and their experiences shared together Oh, I just, I want more. I want to know more what happens in this story, or I want to know less. <laughs> that, I I don't know what I'm saying. I'll, I'll give it the, the hearty seven out of eight pizza slices. Hey, fantastic. Yeah, there's something lacking, though, and it, it's a smelly, it's a smelly pie, but I'll eat it anyway. Hmm, got some anchovies. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, this I, even I was hesitant to to go the whole hog on this one because it, it, it's not an ambitious movie. It's not like an epic movie, which <laughs> typically reserved the highest. Oh, I hate those kids! I just want a fucking hot dog. <laughs> but but yeah, I Jennifer Coolidge, by the way. Sorry. <laughs> oh, those kids. <laughs> well, the uh, <laughs> the neighbors have begun playing the. Uh, music so we're gonna need to wrap this up mark baby what's your score all right right. i'll be i'll be quick Um, no no, no need to be quick oh you'll be silent and deadly (laughs) possibly um let's see uh matt i pretty much echo everything that you 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 said yeah even yeah especially you john um i've i I have uh i really don't have any yeah i've said i i don't have any negatives i love this movie i was in love with it from the first trailer release i've already echoed that as well um i think it's shot very unique uniquely um i haven't i i have I don't, I don't, I have no faults with the film. You know, I, I, I love the two characters. I love how they bond. Um, I, I love, 
the themes of like you know uh, isolation, like they say isolation, <laughs> isolation, um, um, but like insecurities, loneliness, acceptance. Uh, it's it's all there. It's all presented well, and in, in, in a in a much more different fashion that you wouldn't normally see in a, in a film uh, such as this, you know. And uh, I, you know, like like you said, you no know, farts, you know, like you no, know, they could be funny, but it's like. You know, you 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 find so so much sympathy for the fart, and then uh, to, <laughs> to to what you said before of uh, what drew Paul Dano to this movie, like that, <laughs> describing it, where it's like you'll laugh at the beginning and you'll cry at the end of farts. And, uh, yeah, it it really makes you do that, you know. And yeah, you know, it's 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 very sweet. It's sweet, funny, and I don't, and and the music is is, is also a nice draw in as well. And yeah, it, it, it really wants me to like explore uh, uh, these these uh, these directors as well too. These writers, it's a uh, it's very well done. I think it's something that hopefully will stand the test of time, and uh, or else it'll be lost like farts in the wind. Hey, <laughs> beautiful. Yeah. As long as people keep farting, I think this film will be relevant. Yeah. So uh, I think with that. Um, I, I want to give it an eight, you know, but uh, and follow your heart, Sister Margareta. Follow your fart. Follow, follow my fart. <laughs> Open your fart. Fart of glass. Forgive me for saying this, but uh, uh, yeah, I I think I want to give it an eight. I really like this oh, movie. Wow. Okay. All right. Awesome. I am fully right. on board with that. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. This was a yeah, this was a great experience. Oh, yes. Yeah. Truly was ass lifting. <laughs> it was great revisiting it. Oh man. All right. With that, we're gonna sign off. I'm gonna drop you a hint for our next movie. Um, Matthew Cabrera. Where could they find you on social media? They being our fans and family. Uh, you can find me uh, washed up on the shore of your nearest beach or uh, cargo port area. You know, I'm going to be helping people, um, you know, realize some, uh, some self-esteem issues that they may have, and just guiding them through the process of uh, this little crazy party we call life. But um, you're going to have to uh, make me talk and uh, karate chop things and. Um, <laughs> put some stuff in my mouth and I'll spit them out for you. Mm-hmm. Oh, don't promise me with a good time. <laughs> hey, you know, I, I, I'm willing to give. I just got to get a little in return. All right. And Mark, thank you for coming back once again. Always welcome. I know. As always. Uh, where can our audience find you on the social media? Oh, you can't find me anywhere. I'm dead. I'm, I'm, uh... <laughs> now uh, you can find You don't wear hats anymore? No. <laughs> now you can find me over on... Um... M Zebra Jr. over on Instagram or Manny Wears Hats over on Twitter. All right. And you can follow me, Jonathan Kwiatkowski, at Losing My Mind JK on Instagram, Drink and Read JK on Twitter, or my other podcast, Anime Was Not a Mistake, where, believe it or not, Mark, we're watching one of your favorites tomorrow. And I oh. kind of want to invite you on. Um, we're watching Muppets Treasure Island. Oh, it's one of my favorite Muppet movies. I- I know, and I hate to do it to you, but it falls into our On Stranger Times theme. Yeah, we, uh, because... we can always watch it on this one at some point. <laughs> no. If you're not tired of it. Yeah, this is true. This is this is true, but I probably won't pick it. But uh, I do enjoy that movie as well. And um, some hints. Oh, God, I get one more hint before Matt's 
inaugural <laughs> fright caps at the theater five picks in a row. So I better make it count. Um, I also don't want to spoil my choice right away, but I feel like this movie is so iconic. Anything I say will spoil it. Hmm. So all I'm going to say is, and I'm sure you'll get it right away, but I hope you don't, is we're heading off on a world traveling adventure. Okinawa, one way. Uh, I still don't know it. Well, well. <laughs> I, I got my first customer, guys. Somebody's going to ride me like a jet ski. All right. Well, good night, all. Lovely. Look at the wavelength on that one. Thank you for joining us for another installment of Nightcaps at the Theater. Special thanks to the Free Music Archive for providing the track Four Way by William Ross Chernoff's Nomads, an edited version of which you're hearing now. We at Nightcaps sincerely hope you enjoyed this episode. If that's the case, or even if it's not, please remember to rate our show on iTunes and leave a review. It really means a lot. Good night, and binge responsibly.